Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to GND. You are locked into the fan. Sunday, the XFL returns to the nation's capital. The D.C. Defenders open up their home slate in a brand new season. We've got a four-pack of tickets right now for caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. You're the 10th caller. You're winning the four-pack. D.C. Defenders, Audi Field, Sunday the 19th, this weekend at 8 p.m. They're taking on the Seattle Sea Dragons. Be there all season long. Get your Defender season tickets today. They start at just $20 per game. Buy now at xfl.com slash tickets or visit thefandc.com slash contest. Big Beltway Blitz, Wizards with Wes Hall, Commanders with Ethan Cadeau. We start you off on the ice. Our guy. Let's serve him up a piece of pie. Nick Dowd, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, live. Dowder. On What's Grant up? and What's Danny. Up, boys? And Dowder, we've got some news to discuss with you out on the ice in your little non-contact Don't you touch Nick Dowd. How about it? (laughs) I actually could get used to the non-contact. I was maybe seeing if we could maybe replicate that for the ice. Maybe I get a little space out there. That would be the right way to do it, I would say. Does it feel weird? What is that like when you get out there and then there's different rules for you? Yeah, yeah. It's not – I'd say it's probably, like, less fun for the other guys because if you do a drill – that, you know, potentially has a little contact in it or, you know, like a little battle or something, then guys are always like, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I'm, I'm sure everyone feels the same way. You're always kind of like, do I go hard on him? Do I let up on him? You know, and then the guy with the blue jersey on or, you know, the non-contact jersey is going hard and he's doing his best to get back into the swing of things. So it's like, it's kind of like a little bit of a cat and mouse. You don't want to, I, I think you don't. You want to go hard enough to where you're getting back into it, but you don't want to go too hard to where the guy's letting up on you, and then all of a sudden you, you know, you maybe put one by him or something, or you embarrass him, and the guy's like, "What the hell, man?" You know. So that's yeah, a, a little strange. There, uh, there are like several games coming up for uh, the hockey team you play for. Like, mm, are there yeah, any day? Are yeah. like, are there any days that you have like underlined just for just but just coincidentally? Mm, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think we uh No, no, no games underlined. Okay. No games underlined. Does that does that, uh, does that does that give you the info yeah. that you were looking yeah, for? Yeah, it does. That's it's very clear. Thank very you. Very informative. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, you're that. welcome, guys. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, what we like to do. We like to keep you guys close. Yeah. You know? uh, well, we are, we've never been closer. Uh Thursday <laughs> puck drop against the Panthers 7 p.m. for the Caps. Saturday, your boy is going to Raleigh for the outdoor stadium series. Love that. Very Love expensive that. ticket for your pal purchased. I will have a good seat. Uh, this will be my fourth yeah. outdoor game for the Capitals, so I'm, I'm very excited oh. about that. Um, yep. 
So, yeah, some big games coming up. I mean, back-to-back losses, unfortunately. I thought the boys played really well last night. I thought they played well last night. We're going to get into Ovi and what's going on with him in a second. We'll we'll change the pace because that is really tough to hear. But with you and and Ovi and no uh, Backy and Willie and everything going on against a a first-place Hurricanes team, I really liked the effort last night. Yeah, I mean, I thought we played well. Um, You know, I think in a... In a in a different uh, universe, I think we would have won that game. And you know, I thought I thought there was a couple couple you know missed calls. Um, you know, there was a flash on on one of our guys where a stick you know broke in half, which is like a no brainer, right? I mean, that's called a hundred percent of the time just because the guy's stick broke in half. There's nothing you can do. So then there was a high stick somewhere in between there, and then you know, right after that, of course, they kind of get like a chintzy face off goal where. It, deflects off a guy up and over camps like yeah so i mean i thought the guys played <clears throat> played really well you know i thought we played well in the first i think we held them to like you know six shots or something and they're a team that averages the most shots in the nhl per game so uh i thought they played well in the second and and you know in the third i thought we played well and then we had a disallowed goal again so yeah it was kind of a big a tough one to swallow there especially uh in a playoff race right now but um, we get him again on Saturday. So. I, I heard him say a different universe. Are you a Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness kind of guy? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not that. I just different. What about? Should we go different planet? Would that work? No, that works. I just. I mean, I think it yeah. all works. But I, I, I watched Doctor Strange, and I'm a. I'm into the multiverses now. Big multiverse guy. Yeah. Like yeah. there's another <laughs> hey, Nick Dowd a- somewhere who decided not to call in, and now he's just eating a bagel. Like there's so many different decisions we make every day. And there's just it'd a million be, versions of us. It'd be like if 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 a different you was eating a pie somewhere. It, that, Precisely, and we, and we know that's not the case. Precisely, not in this reality. <laughs> I mean, imagine that universe. That, Where would that, that is, be? That one doesn't exist. Uh, can you explain <laughs> goaltender interference to me, please? Oh, I think God, you could think, show I me think, a video of a hundred different uh, goals, and I would guess yeah. wrong every time. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's a lot like you guys watch a lot of football. I think it's a lot like what's a catch and what's not a catch. Right. Yeah, which is also impossible. Exactly. Like you and me sitting at home are like, okay, the guy like backyard football, that guy caught that ball. Like all the fellas are getting up and they're like, wow, what a catch. And then they say no catch. And you're like, what? And then the same thing with goal interference. I mean, it's like, it could go either way every single time, in my opinion, unless it's just so obvious. Uh, and then, you know, even the players are like, yeah, that, that's goaltender interference. But I mean, you know, talking to the guys today, I think everyone was kind of like, okay, like, yeah, maybe a chance, but you know, you kind of generally see it on the bench, right? Like when guys, get a goal called back and no one really responds, you know, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, that's, you know, everyone kind of understands it was offsides or goaltender and fans or whatever, but kind of look at the, the faces on the guys. And even like Lavi, it was kind of like, everyone's kind of like, wait a minute. Like, you know, like if, I don't know, again, Hey, pick a different universe. Maybe that's a goal. Who knows? So no easy way to transition uh, here to this, uh, Nick, but, um, and, and of course our thoughts are with Dovi and his family, um, it's such a unique thing that you guys go through, right? You're, you're, you're brothers. You're closer in, in, in a lot of ways. You're, you're in these experiences you guys have together on the road and locker room as, as a team. What's that like when one of your teammates and one of your leaders is, is going through something like that? Yeah. I mean, you know, as you said, I just kind of echo what you said. I think it's thrill. You know, we, we love them and, and we're with them and, and, um, you know, we, we miss him. And, you know, as soon as he gets back, we walk him with open arms and, and, uh, you know, we're keeping him in our prayers. I just, I think with any type of friend, you know, let alone a teammate and a guy that you work with every single day and share, you know, highs and lows and, and the best experiences, um, it's tough, man. I mean, I, I, I hadn't met Obi's dad, but I, I know, you know, kind of talking to guys around the room that have been around longer, they were very close. Um, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, 
it's something that you hope that no one has to deal with, but you know, inevitably we all do. Um, I think, uh, I think for, Oh, it's just, you know, it's challenging that he was so far away, you know? Um, I think that makes it a little, a little tougher, kind of a unique experience for guys that have family in Europe. And, uh, but you know, I, I think, you know, our, our, our prayers are with him and, and like I said, we're, you know, we're, we're here to support him. So, um, I think that's, you know, the, the best we can do. Hey, Cosign, we're thinking about the Ovechkins in a trying time. No timetable. Roby's return. Real quick before we let you go, I just want to make sure this tweet is correct. Nick Dowd says he will play in the Stadium Series game on Saturday. That's right, correct? <laughs> uh, I put it this way. I will not be retweeting that or favoriting it. So okay. All right. We'll, we'll All that, right. But it's, good to, it's always good to put a little chum in the water. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> just floating it. Seeing what, see, yeah, exactly. see where it goes, yeah, See who nibbles on it. See mm-hmm. who nibbles on it. Ah, a little yep. fishy coming over. <laughs> Look, Look at that. that. Look at that little minnow hey, right buddy. there. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And usually, you know, big, big, big fish follow minnows. So who knows? Feel free to throw your guy a retweet every now and then on uh, the Nick Dowd updates. <laughs> All right, see ya. All right, boys, thanks. Thanks, Be good, Nick. man. There's Nick Dowd on Grant and Danny for his regular appointment. Let's talk about the team that won last night. How about the Wizards? Southwest, late, Portland Trailblazers in the win column. 126-121. Wes Hall, NBC Sports, Washington.com was working late on postgame. Wes, they actually finished what they started, man. They outscored Portland in the fourth quarter, and saw their 20-plus point lead grow. Yes, yes, it was late night on the West Coast. We were all up, so thanks to anybody who was hanging out with us, but you're absolutely right, a wire-to-wire victory for the Dub Boys, and most importantly, seeing Kyle Kuzma come back after missing three games, giving you 33 points, knocking down six threes, one from half court. I'll take it. Yeah, second game of a back-to-back, too, with some travel in there. That ain't easy, uh, doing that against anybody, let alone uh, Damian Lillard and company. What do we carry forward out of these? Because it seems it's been this way, Wes, where it's like you'll have one of these performances. Like, they were great against Indiana uh, this past Saturday, and then I didn't think they played as great against Golden State, for example. How do we start carrying some momentum forward here and make some moves? Well, you got to think about it. Kuzma, Porzingis, Beal, all three healthy on the same court at the same time with Gafford and Morris also in that starting lineup. That shows that you have this team at its best when they're fully healthy. Then that allows the bench guys to do their job. You see Corey Kispert and Denny Avia, they had what would mathematically be an off night for them, seven points combined. But then you get Kendrick Nunn who gives you ten points and also knocks down two threes. That's how you do it when you've got a team effort going. Wes Hall with us. NBCSW, you can watch him pre and post. I do want to ask about the, the big three in air quotes here because I've yeah. heard Tommy say, you know, look look at where we are when these guys are healthy, when we got our whole team on the floor, so to speak. And I do get that. Recently, they've been really good. I think they're sub-500 on the year with the big three playing, um, but they've been better here recently. But I just wonder, like, how much we should prioritize or, or like, weight that because that's not how it's always going to work, if that makes sense. Like, I, I think a lot of teams in the NBA can say, Hey, when we, when our A plan is on the floor, we're a lot better. But right. that, that's that's doesn't happen all the time. So no, I, I completely help me agree out with you. I agree with you because I mean, to me, it's, it goes back to that old Mike Tyson adage. You know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? So it's the same thing in basketball. You're not going to always have your starting lineup and this perfect ideal uh, rotation that's going to be what happens every night. But that's why it's always dependent upon the others. When you have guys like last night, for example, the Wizards bench outscored Portland 38-22. to Like, you've got to get bench output and productivity. 
that's what you're getting now when you have Gafford and KP. Because to me, you got to throw Gafford as like the extra element in there that allows KP to be able to stretch the floor as the third part of that, like you said, quotes, big three. And a whole bunch of guys scored. I, I lost count. It's like 14, 15 <laughs> yeah. guys. Everyone got a bucket. It's, it was an Oprah Winfrey game. But going forward, if you've got your normal starting lineup that was there last night, who mm-hmm. are the couple guys that you think are going to be the more consistent bench performers who kind of come in and supplement things? Maybe lifting the scoring load, a little bit of playmaking as well. We saw it from Avdia for a week. Now it's kind of cooled off. I, I don't know. Where do you think that those that, those, that kind of secondary uh, play is going to come from? Look, you're gonna you might laugh at this, and some may find it to be premature. But I'm a Kendrick Nunn fan. First three games he played for us, he gave us 12 points in each of those games. Like I said, he just gave you 10 last night. No plays drawn in. Didn't know anybody. He's only played 10 games for us, and he's averaging nine points in those games. So that's definitely one person. But you're absolutely right. You want more consistency out of Denny. You want the same thing out of Corey as well. And you let you know DeLon come in and do what he can do from time to time. But it's really going to be guys like Kendrick Nunn to take advantage of the opportunity afforded to him. Wes Hall, you got to watch him pre and post. Wizards trying to stay hot here after a win against Portland out west. Next up tomorrow, 8 o'clock tip in Minnesota. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. See you, buddy. Absolutely. We'll be watching. He's got the golden pipes. All right, let's keep it moving. <laughs> Ethan Cadeau, NBCSportsWashington.com. Ethan, Eric Bienemy tomorrow. Greg Roman yesterday. Who's going to be the OC? I think, believe it or not, Bienemy has to be the favorite. The fact that he's even... Taking an interview, I believe, is a big step. They have the parade today. He's flying to D.C. either tonight or tomorrow morning, and they're going to talk. So he'd get what he wants and can run the show. His deal with Kansas City is up, which I didn't even realize. I'm sure they would welcome back him under a new deal. But this is really his chance to, if he wants to go somewhere and be an O.C. and run the full show, because all the head coach vacancies are now full, then I think Washington might be the best spot. I mean, it's definitely more attractive than probably – Houston or Tampa Bay with their quarterback uncertainty either. Ethan, do you think Ron Rivera can just turn down his Ron Rivera-ness and let Eric Bieniemy do the Eric Bieniemy? Like, do you think he'll actually let him call the game the way he wants to call it, or is it like two weeks of passing and then he'll go into his office and say, no more of that, run it on first and second down and set up third and long? Like, do you think he'll let him do what he wants to do? I, I think so, honestly. I mean, if he's been – if he butt in with the Scott – with Scott Turner and it seems like he at least had a decent amount of say in that that offense was not great and Eric Bieniemy's offensive track record I mean it's really dang good besides when Cam Newton was playing at an MVP level the Ron Rivera led teams they haven't been great offensively so if he were to hire EB I feel like he has to go in and actually give Bieniemy the chance to run the show or else I don't understand how it'll be that much different or if better if he's not letting Eric Bieniemy do what Eric Bieniemy wants to do. What about the Sam Howell perspective as it pertains to these candidates? And also, are you buying the idea that Sam Howell's going to be the guy, or do you think they try to do better than that? Oh, I'm buying it for sure. I think, believe it or not, because it's hard to say with this team, I think they've learned their lesson the past two years that a veteran stopgap guy is just not going to be the person who takes this team over the hump. As we've said before, like the most lucrative asset in the NFL is a quarterback who's good on his rookie contract. And who knows how good or how bad Sam Howell will be, but he's cheap. He's a fifth-round pick on his second year, 
And if he does reach the ceiling that fans hope and the team hopes, then they can really build their roster throughout and have a nice luxury there. So I do think I am buying that they're at least going to give him a chance to be the guy, and we'll, we'll go from there. In terms of improving the offensive line, I think we all kind of agree that that needs to happen. And there was a big drop off between you know two years ago now and then this past season. How are they going to go about that? Is it is it veteran free agents? Is it draft? What do you think they turn? I think both. I mean, I I'm not sure they'll be big spenders on someone like Orlando Brown, the top offensive lineman in the class, but I'm sure they'll add a few guys. The uh, the draft class for offensive tackles is extremely deep this year. It's been very good the last few years, and we've seen throughout the league there have been tackles that can come in and make an immediate impact as rookies. So I think right now cornerback and offensive tackle are the two most likely positions this team goes in the first round, and I think if they don't take a tackle in the first round, they'll probably take one in the second So or on day two at some point. And I think I think it's the offensive line, how it ended is going to look in 2022 is going to look a lot different than how it looks in week one of 2023. Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, there are decisions on all those guys' futures coming up this offseason. How do you think that plays out? I think Deron Payne's going to get the tag. I don't think that's going to – he's going to be too fond of that besides the fact that it is a roughly $19 million salary for one year. I don't think any player wants to play on the tag. You're obviously leaving money on the table. But I think that's the most likely situation with Payne. Montez Sweat, I'm not sure if they'll get an extension. I feel like he might think he could get more money in the open market next year. And with all the murmurs we heard from Radio Row about Chase Young and his option might not be getting picked up, that was the most shocking to me. I think regardless of how the season ended, I thought them picking up his option would be a given. I'm not sure if there's some deeper down motive or something for Rivera to say, oh, we're still deciding on that. But I do believe his option will get picked up. But if there is one of the three that gets extended this offseason, I do think it's Deron Payne. But I think the most likely situation is he's on the tag and the other two guys are still on their current deals. Ethan, tough to express it this way, but there's a, there's some negative noise. There's some negativity certainly surrounding Chase Young and the team and a disconnect and lack of productivity. How much is perceived, how much is real, I don't know. But there is some. To that point you mentioned about the about the about uh, picking up his option. Can he turn it around? Like, are, what are we really talking about here from a guy where the expectations were the world? I definitely think he can turn it around. When you look at someone who's coming off an ACL injury, and especially his, which was a lot more complex than a traditional ACL injury, the first year you're back, you're still kind of feeling yourself out. You don't truly trust that knee. The year after, so two years after the injury, is when I feel like you're fully confident again. You're back to that player you were before. And, yeah, 2021 – was not the year that Young wanted before he got hurt, but he was one of the best defensive players over the second half of his rookie season in the entire league. I think he has all the potential in the world if he can get that full mental confidence back in that knee. He has the athletic gifts. I think he can certainly end up being a high-end elite pass rusher in this league. I'm just, after the comments from Ron Rivera, I'm wondering if they're going to let him see it out at this point too. Ethan, thank you. We appreciate you. Appreciate you guys as always. See, dude. Let's get into Chase Young. He is a massive storyline this offseason because there is a decision to be made on whether or not to pick up his fifth-year option coming. And while I think it's a no-brainer that you don't pick it up, and, and I think it would be malpractice to pick up that option and pay him almost $18 million in the fifth year of his deal, 
there has been a lot of negativity surrounding him in general, and it's still very early in, in the big picture of his career. Are you guys of the belief that he's going to turn this around, that this will end well, that, that there will be a happy ending for Chase Young in D.C. as an annual performer and star at a high level who they keep around here for a long time? And we'll get into that next on GND. Big thanks to Nick Dow, brought to you by Main Street Bank. Cheer local, bank local, put our team in your office. You're listening to The Fan. I definitely think he could turn it around. When you look at someone who's coming off an ACL injury, and especially his, which was a lot more complex than a traditional ACL injury, the first year you're back, you're still kind of feeling yourself out. You don't truly trust that knee. The year after, so two years after the injury, is when I feel like you're fully confident again. You're back to that player you were before. And, yeah, 2021 was not the year that Young wanted before he got hurt, but he was one of the best defensive players over the second half of his rookie season in the entire league. I think he has all the potential in the world if he can get that full mental confidence back in that knee. He has the athletic gifts. I think he can certainly end up being a high-end elite pass rusher in this league. I'm just, after the comments from Ron Rivera, I'm wondering if they're going to let him see it out at this point, too. Ethan Cadeau of NBC Sports Washington on Chase Young just a few minutes ago in our Beltway Blitz. Welcome back. We're Grant and Danny. We got to shout out Nick Dowd for joining us on the Blitz as well. Brought to you by Main Street Bank. Cheer local, bank local. Put our team in your office. I keep forgetting to mention this, so I want to do this because I'd be remiss if I didn't. Uh, one of my favorite restaurants is Mike's American Grill. And last night, there was a fire at Mike's American Grill. Scary. You, you sent us a video of it. Yeah. There was smoke and flames and people running out into the parking lot. And everyone was okay. And Good. it seems like the damage, hopefully, easy for me to say, is minimal compared to what could have been, knock on wood. But uh, the statement from them, Mike's is temporarily closed. We are repairing exterior and interior damage from a fire. We're going to reopen as soon as we are able, and we'll update Mike'sAmerican.com as we have more information. Thank you, and we apologize for the inconvenience. You know this about me. I am a great American restaurant guy. You are. In fact, if I played college sports at a high level, and I was able to get any kind of money for advertising at this point for NIL. You'd do NIL with Mike with uh, Great American. G-A-R. I, I would do a commercial where people come up to me and be like, you're a Great American. I'm like, no, I'm an All-American. But I do love Great American restaurants. Like, that would be my commercial. Mm -hmm. And so people would be like, hey, Grant, you're the Great American over there at the University of Virginia. And I'm like, no, 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 no. All-American. But speaking of Great American, <laughs> been to Mike's American Grill? Have you been to Artie's? Th that's what I would do. Like, you been over to Randy's lately to get your steak? They got a great steak. So that would be my commercial. Mm. So I just want to say to all of the employees that are affected and everything going on over there, thinking about you, I look forward to being back at Mike's American eating a chocolate waffle very soon. I love, in their statement, by the way, they're like, apologies for the inconvenience. No need to apologize. You caught right. on fire, man. Well, <laughs> you know, like I, I understand you're, they're being polite and You know awesome. what's incredible? Huh. So I was I looked last night at the video from the parking lot that people were shooting of like running out and, and, yeah. and showing, and, and there are people complaining like, we hadn't even gotten our entree yet. Oh, uh, that's tough. <laughs> Read the room, man. Yeah. 
Well, the the, the on fire room. <laughs> right, read the flames. It's hard to read it. There, there was. I'm looking at the statement that they made on their own Instagram, and some guys like, I was supposed to be there tonight. I had a reservation with with an emoji where you're cursing and like it's it's letters and stuff bleeped out. That's tough on again, you, again, man. Mm. Sorry about your luck. There was a fire. People were running outside, scared. The fire trucks and ambulances came. Three alarms, whatever that means. Sorry you have to pivot and end up at Yard House or something What do tonight. I do with my open table points? Son <laughs> of a bee sting. Imagine the indignity and inconvenience. What should I do? It is just always amazing to me how people respond to things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's really easy when there's a fire at the restaurant you're at that's a big deal. To just go, I'm still a little bit hungry. We didn't get our entrees. Where do we go now? So am I going to get charged or what's happening? Imagine being angry yeah. about that. Dave Chappelle has an unbelievable joke where he he was in the car and he's like, I'm looking out the back. I see my buddy getting arrested. And I thought the first thing that everyone else would think, how does this affect me? <laughs> just that's so perfect. That's really funny. Like so, so perfect. Yeah, like, yep, he's that's best. what it is. That's really funny. Uh, let's talk Chase Young, who the commanders have to decide this offseason whether or not they're going to pick up a fifth-year option for. So the date for that fifth-year option decision is May 1st. So they've got plenty of time. It's just after Valentine's Day as we talk today. The deadline for teams to pick up fifth-year options for the 2020 draft class is going to be May 1. So they have to decide between now and then whether they're going to give Chase Young $17.5 million next year. Chase Young does not make anywhere near, as you can imagine, $17.5 million right now. Now, he doesn't make peanuts. It's not nothing because he was drafted number two overall. So just naturally, as you have been in the league to now what is going to be his fourth season, your number keeps going up. So he counts as about 10.5. Uh, nine nine seven million against the cap. So we'll round it up to eleven million. Started at six, jumped up to seven and a half, then about nine and a half last year. This coming season, eleven million. And if they want to sign him to a fifth year deal, to pick up the option, so to speak, by May first, they'll agree to pay him seventeen and a half million dollars next year. They don't have to do that, and they can still bring him back. The way this works is by picking up the option by May first. It just means. He can't leave at the end of the season. Uh-huh. He is under contract now against his will, possibly. Like, he can't, no matter what he wants to do, he's coming back here one more year. All they're doing is essentially saying he could become a free agent at the end of this season rather than being under contract at 17 and a half. You still get to negotiate. You still get to resign him. If they want to pay him four years and, and $100 million at 25 per, they can do that. Mm-hmm. They just don't get the fifth year on his rookie contract. And to me, that's such a no-brainer. You can't pay him 17.5 mil based on what we've seen. You're definitely not picking this thing up. It would be nuts to pick it up. So Ethan, who was just on the belt with with us, said he, he thought that they still would. I was su- really surprised by that. I, I just right? categorically disagree. I, I do, too. And Ethan's more plugged in than I am. It's it's We're not having a contest there. But to me, the reason I wanted to bring this up is that I, I, it's hard to prove. But you guys know what I'm saying. And some of you are just going to decide that it's bogus and it's some invented conspiracy and 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 whatever, and 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 you can you know try to be Chase Young's Twitter friend or something like that. But for the most part, you can acknowledge this, whether you agree with it or not. There's some negativity here. 
There's some stuff swirling around that just doesn't seem right. If you want to call it the smell test, you want to call it uh, just you know the, the perception, the the fact that we just simply haven't reached the heights that we thought. And then not only that, we're not even talking about the game-changing, game-wrecking, Hall of Fame, green jacket caliber uh, type, uh, green jacket, I'm sure, gold jacket type experience. We're not even talking about as good as Shaka Tony or uh, you know any of the hyphens that that rush the passer, or Casey Tuhill. We're talking about somebody that has four quarterback hits over the last two calendar years. I know injury took a, a, a huge toll there, but still, you're, you're still talking about 13 games of a person, right? The expectations haven't been met, and now they're lowering so much. There's open conversation about whether or not to do that. There's just not a lot of positivity uh, around Young and the team and this regime and everything else. Think about where we started. Think about where we are now. A turnaround is needed if this is going to get back on track. I'm not even talking about for him to be the superstar that we were all promised, right? That uh, generational thing or whatever, which was always kind of nonsense. I'm just talking about to be a good NFL defensive end starter on a competitive team. Because right now you could do a lot better. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather pay no pay pittance and have just you know a dude occupy a, a tackle and you'll know, be sound in the run game than than pay that guy seventeen and a half million dollars. We need a huge turnaround at some point, and it seems like the arrow isn't trending in that direction. He's only played twelve games in the last two years, so that's a big reason for the lack of production, as you mentioned. Is he just hasn't been on the field? Uh, he missed the final eight games of twenty twenty one with a torn ACL. And then in 2022, he missed all but the final three games of the season, the first 14, despite the fact that they thought he'd be back well before he was and then expected for weeks on end before he actually did return at the beginning of weeks that he would play only to find out he wasn't able to kind of get himself mentally back on the field, which is not a knock, just kind of an explanation and an observation. Um, it's a It's not only a physical recovery that's taxing and difficult, it's a mental recovery. When you have an, an injury of, of that um, legitimacy, and, and, and that's that serious, right? But here's the bottom line. We are three years into his career, and he's got nine sacks. We are looking at a guy now who has one and a half sacks in his last 12 games and 11 starts. One and a half. You know, if you look at his numbers, or really numbers aren't fair to hold against him, but his performance in the three games this year, it would be crazy if the team didn't have questions about him mm-hmm. going into next season. How good can he be? How uh, much bend is there? How agile is he? How capable of being the guy he was in college is he still? Because he looked stiff. He was wearing a knee brace that was the size of a you know a small state. I mean, it, it, it's not easy. You, you got a car t- tied around your your knee basically to, to look like you're Elvis Doomerville coming around the edge on a motorcycle. So I, I get how last year happened. I, I do. But we're talking about a massively disappointing half season. Massively. And then you get hurt. And his second year was way better than his third year. And the, the second year, based on the injury and the performance before that, was was heartbreaking from a football standpoint to, to see the lack of production. So, yes, th- there is a, a negativity swirling around him. You, you've got, um, obviously going back in time, whether or not he was at OTAs and him saying he was trying to make that money. And I I just think there have been maturity comments brought up by the head coach and the defensive coordinator. And it hasn't been great. It just hasn't been. 
And the question for you guys, and we're going to give you our answers next and we'll get yours. Are we going to get a happy ending before this thing ends in D.C. for Chase Young? In other words, he could have a really unproductive year this year and he could just be somewhere else in two seasons. This could be the final year of this deal. He could come out and have 11 and a half sacks. They could re-sign him and he could be an all-pro for two years after that and win the Defensive Player of the Year in a couple years, also on the table. It's not like he's old, by the way. He's 23 years old as we talk today. 23. He'll be 24 soon. How do you see this going with Chase Young? Do you still have hope that he could be a star? And if not a star, do you, do you still have hope that he'll be a really good player who's here for a long time, see you know a Ryan Kerrigan pro bowler every year type player? 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. That's the question on Grant and Danny. some deeper down motive or something for Rivera to say, oh, we're we're still deciding on that, but I do believe his option will get picked up. So that's Ethan Cadeau's with NBCSW covers the commanders who joined us just a bit ago here on Grant and Danny. Uh, I'm on record as saying I don't know how you could pick up the fifth-year option for Chase Young. Uh, Let's say there was no injury, and and it's hard to have the conversation, you know, taking that out of the equation because maybe the last two years would have been completely different. But even still, just based on production, barring him having been a lot better with the games that were lost, I still wouldn't pick it up. But post-injury, seeing him playing at the end of last year, I I think that this decision's been made for you. You can't give him $17-plus million next year, a raise. He's already got a big jump into this fourth year. Now we're giving him $7 million more and making him one of the higher is relative, but a, a top 15 to 20 maybe, edge rusher in terms of pay in the NFL, I would imagine, at that rate, going into his fifth year. And there's a chance he's had zero 10-sack seasons and you know hasn't made a Pro Bowl since he was a rookie when he was pretty good and for a rookie was really good. But I, I can't do it. And if that means it, you view it as a risk and maybe you have to lose him or, or he walks after a huge year or you got to pay him a ton a la Deron Payne. So be it. Okay, I'll pay him. You worry about that when it happens. That's a great problem to have. But the chances right now, you're playing a guessing game. Yep. The chances of that happening are not as good as the chances that at the end of this season, he is not worth $18 million a year on the open market. It's a bet. That's what every decision you make when it comes to evaluating a player, giving a contract to a player, not giving a contract to a player, whatever. You're making a bet. Whether you're making a bet on the player, you're making a bet on your own ability to replace the player, you're making a bet over the harm it'll do if he stays, if he goes, etc. I can't in good conscience make a bet on this guy given the last two years. And and that's where I'm at, and that's really disappointing. Given where we were, given the hype, given the production of his first year and, and the promise therein, I, listen, he's still... I don't take as seriously the, this this sample here, these couple of games with the knee brace on and everything else is to a true representation. I think he just needed to get out in pads and get hit a little bit in terms of evaluation. My bigger sample tells me this is not a good pass rusher. Like, at the end of the day, 
Where are the moves? Where are the counters? Where are the swims, the rips, the the the, the bull rushes, the ghost hands, all the different things that you see these technicians doing? Where's that? You can't just run by people or push people anymore. This is not the Ohio State University, and you're not going up against Purdue and uh, a couple, you know, Rutgers and stuff. I, I don't see them. That's what I care about. So I get that, and I'm not saying you're wrong. What I am going to add to that, though, is I do think we have to acknowledge that by getting to see three games post-injury, I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all, or that he's never going to be better than that. you got to start somewhere. Yeah. But it, it would be naive to assume that there's not some question about him post-injury. Oh, of course there is. I, 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 didn't say, I, didn't, I wasn't clear I, what I, I meant. I, I'm not just knocking you. I'm, right. I'm not questioning what you said. But my point is, yes, I don't want anyone to think I'm judging those three games and saying Chase Young will never be the same again. That's not what I'm doing. But he missed a year plus. Yeah. They screamed at the end when he wasn't playing from the rooftops via megaphone about how this was such a serious injury and you guys just don't understand. And he took this ligament from this leg into the other leg and it was also the patella and it was this and this and this and that's why it's taking so long. If all of that stuff happened, and I believe it did, and it's all true, and I believe it is, and then you see him with the big honking brace and the stiff rush yep. off the edge and never beating a tackle one-on-one, you just can't tell me that you're sure Come September of this year or even December of this year, he's just going to be Chase Young again. It's just another log to throw on the fire of why I can't commit to $17.5 million. I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. But the debate really isn't even to commit to the money or not. Frankly, I'm not even sure if that's a good enough debate to have. Mm -hmm. I just think the answer is no, they shouldn't do that. So maybe we could take calls on that, and we will probably closer to May 1. We're just saying with all the negativity swirling, and it's been a couple of years now of from the start of September before the injury last year to now disappointing and people being upset, can we can we still have a good ending to this? Can he turn it around? He's only 23, about to be 24. There's a ton of football ahead of him if he's healthy. Can this still go the right way for Washington after they picked him number two? Let's go to Vic and Akakik. What's up, Vic? What's up, guys? Hey, buddy. So, what I would love to see Chase do is Rod Chidwell. I would love to see him be standoffish with the media, a bit truculent as he is, and then he just has a monster year, and then we see his agent walk by uh, the Martys and say, rub his fingers together for the money, and he's like, I know, I know. But we don't know if that's going to happen. And the big reason, uh, the, the, the injury did play a part. Can't, that, that is a sample size we have to acknowledge. But in addition to that, as Danny just said, he's not a good pass rusher at this point. We don't see any dip, any bend around the corner. We don't see his shoulder disappear underneath tackles' hands. We don't see angry hands. We don't see the push and pull. We don't see the rip, the club through. Um, we, we just see speed try to blow around the corner and push people back. And I'll leave with this. If that's all we're seeing, and we're not seeing production that can change games for us outside of him just running east and, uh, east and west and making tackles, then we don't need to pick up a fifth option. We need to, we need to let him bet on himself, and we need to see if he's going to Rod Tidwell. Yeah, you got to show me something. Thanks, bud. You're saying show me the money. That, that's the Rod Tidwell line, which mm-hmm. I love. But you, you have to earn this at some point, right? In his rookie year, it was a no-brainer he's on his way to getting the option picked up. Because even though 
if you're just judging him against the best edges in the league that year, it was just kind of okay at seven and a half sacks and, and some of the numbers. In the last half of the season, you know, the impact plays, the scoop and score fumble against San Francisco, some of the stuff he did to change games, taking on double teams, he was on his way. It was happening. It was a thing, man. Yeah, man. That's a long time ago now. And he hasn't taken over a game in two seasons, or a drive for that matter. Sacks aren't the NLB. All pressures kind of are, but there's no category you can point to. Like If you're his agent making the case, without looking at his rookie year where you say he's deserving of $17.5 million. and I looked up the number, by the way, Danny, among edges right now in the league, that would rank tied for eighth highest among pass rushers off the edge. In the NFL, I just you can't do it. I can't do it. I'm sorry, I can't do it. T.J. Watt makes 28 million a year. Wow, by the way, Joey Bosa 27. Now, by the way, T.J. Watt's been a DPOY. Bosa's played at that level. Uh, he's not even the best player in his own family right now, and he makes 27 million a year. Miles Garrett 25 is a DPOY type. Khalil Mack same thing 23. Max Crosby leads the league in pressures the last couple of years 23 million a year. Bradley Chubb was great has been traded new team 22 million. Von Miller. Been a defensive player of the year and a you know, Super Bowl game record, $20 million. And then you would be tied with Cam Jordan of the Saints, who's got some tackle and flexibility, and Harold Landry of the Titans at $17.5 million. He'd be making more than Eric Armstead and Shaq Barrett and Chandler Jones and Bud Dupree and, and all those edge rushers um, who, frankly, have been more productive. Are we going to get a happy ending out of Chase Young? Is this going to end in a way... That makes the Commanders look better than right now, having taken him number two overall. 800-636-1067. We'll get more thoughts on Chase next. Also, we got Steven Strasburg news. And while it is not stunning, it is worthy of a head shake or two. That's next on Grant and Danny. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.